Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by a very special friend of mine, somebody that I've known in and out for years, all the way back to elementary school. Sarah Blondin is here on the program. You might know her from the popular app Insight Timer and her incredible meditations and uh, also her Live Awake podcast. She is an incredible channeler of spirit and has a lot of wisdom to share with us today about how she's journeyed into this place of being a channeler. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Let's Connect. I am really, really looking forward to sharing the conversation I had today with uh, Sarah Blondin. She is an amazing woman who has really had a quite a life journey and in a lot of ways, a lot of parallels to myself. Um, starting out in Winnipeg, we were both born here. Um, she, we went to the same school. Our brothers are best friends. It's quite an amazing thing. And um, just watching, although not knowing her super well over the years, watching her life journey I mean, she was even on reality TV like I was. She was on The Bachelor. I was on Canadian Idol. There's just so many interesting parallels. And then um, she's now working in the world of spirituality and as an author of a new book. And man, it just it just feels so much like the uh, the journey that I've been on. So I was so excited that she agreed to to come on to the podcast and speak with us a little bit about her journey. And um, it's going to be really inspiring. So before we get into the conversation with Sarah, just a few reminders. One is if you haven't had a chance to subscribe yet to my daily intention email, I want to encourage you to do that. This is a, an email that comes out every morning to your inbox. It's just a short little inspiring uh, intention to help you move and navigate through your day, uh, staying connected to spirit. Um, also, I wanted to invite you as well to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't. Um, every week I interview a thought leader, somebody that's doing amazing things in the world, and it's a way to deepen in your awareness of community and your own personal growth. So please make sure you subscribe as well to Let's Connect the podcast. And um, without further ado, I'd like to move us into this conversation today with the wonderful, the deeply spiritual and profound Sarah Blondin. All right. Sarah Blondin is here. <laughs> She's arrived. I'm here. Back in her hometown of Winnipeg. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I think it's been four years. Thank you for having me since I've been in Winnipeg. Sorry. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Where have you been? I live in British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. You're way out on the coast now. Mm -hmm. Amazing. In a very small town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where are you living? <laughs> I live in Salmon Arm, BC. It's kind of an hour outside of Revelstoke is what people can kind of understand. But yeah, really small. Wow. It's amazing. I've been like um, on and off getting snippets of where life has taken you over the years. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when I think back, like we, we went to the same school together. <laughs> My, our brothers are like yeah, best you've friends. you've always been in the sphere. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you're always in the sphere. And I, I've watched what you've been up to. And there's so many parallels to like, as I was just saying to you beforehand, like of my life and where you've been going. And it's just incredible. And mm -hmm. I, for people that are listening that are like wanting to know who is Sarah Blondin, <laughs> what's this whole buzz about? Um, kind of take me back. I'd love to hear a little bit of your backstory just about, um, where you were and where you are now. Like, mm -hmm. how did it, how did it start all the, like, where, where does, such a just, huge question. it's a huge question. <laughs> like, let's bullet point your whole life. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, we grew up in the same place. And yeah, your brothers and my brother were best friends, and they still are to this day, actually. Hey, right? They are. Um, but when I was in Winnipeg, so the reason I kind of have an aversion to coming back to Winnipeg is it kind of reminds me of those years of like really um, wrestling with who you are and what you have to offer and your worth. It's all that muddy, messy place of like, mm. who am I? And the only thing um, that I remember, you know, my worth at the time when I was living in Winnipeg all those years ago um, was my external beauty. Uh So it was like, you're really good at being pretty and you're really good at, you know, being charismatic and in the world. So I had no other um, idea of what I wanted to do. So I just kind of chased that external beauty aspect because everybody liked that. Uh Um, So that ended up taking me from high school kind of into, I think I was 21 or 22 at the time when I ended up on The Bachelor. So you were saying we both did reality TV. So right. I was on The Bachelor, Um, but I needed that experience because it really gave me that really deep contrast of, you know, it showed me how it would look if I was to pursue the surface, let's call it, of my existence. But it really made me aware of spirit and soul and this depth that I wasn't uncovering, but I knew it was there. And I was like, this feels like hell to be in this type of reality and feeding this part of myself. And I actually got really sick when I was on The Bachelor at the end. I got um, a full body rash, my eyes swelled shut. I had like a really bad body reaction. Um, But then it actually really forced me to like go deeper. So it was that nice catapult and catalyst into like a deeper existence because that felt so horrible. Wow, that's yeah. amazing, and it's so parallel. I you, <laughs> I couldn't have done a bigger like switch. Unbelievable right? yeah. turnaround, yeah. But it I, didn't happen quickly either. Like it took time in between. Yeah, and I and and there was so many huge things that happened that you know ground a person or make them look at themselves if you want to. Like I got married, and then I had two kids, and I moved to the country. So all of these kind of things stripped that image part of ego, you want to call it, away. Um, so all those things really helped if you are on a spiritual journey or are spiritually inclined, um, you can really harvest those really big, deep commitments and life changes to like, get rid of all the, all the, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When, um, I'm curious about the spiritual part. I mean, to, to evolve into it, to the place that you are now, Mm. did you always have that like growing up? Although, I mean, you were you were saying you were hanging out on the surface, but mm-hmm. underneath, like, was there a spiritual foundation for you? Well, my dad, I was a pastor's daughter. Right. right? Yeah. So, right. but it's really weird when I think of that, like, I'm like, I don't know what, you know, I think I was Catholic, you know, like there wasn't like, I black, I blacked out this whole kind of, you know, religious upbringing that I had. I just remember being at like 16 years old, my parents asking me, you know, do you want to keep going to church? And me saying, no, I don't want to. It didn't resonate. Um, But other than that, I don't really remember how religious it was. I just remember that my parents were always kind of teaching me to shift the focus, you know, internally. So I did have that encouragement Mm -hmm. um, to kind of even bother to look or question that something was there. So my parents were really good for that, at least planting that seed when I was little. But I've always had a contemplative nature 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've always looked. I was. It's just my mom had a big box. I'm at her house, and she had this big box of Sarah paraphernalia from when I was like 12 or whatever. Oh wow! <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, this is gonna be so weird to look through." And I had like old journals and art books, and I had it. So like way when I was little, I was writing about like money or love or you know or you know like gravity or death I there was a picture of like I had drawn of like my family with like toe tags on oh wow it was always like so I must have gone to the depths even when I was really little yeah that creative aspect was always in you yeah and and connected to the spirit yeah it was always some form of like yeah spiritual that's amazing so weird you know some people listening might be going well what does it mean to be spiritual and that's another (laughs) huge question (laughs) but just currently for you um Mm. when you think of the word spiritual like what does that mean to you right now Mm. in life to just kind of like to be spiritual Mm -hmm. i'm just taking a minute yeah absolutely um I've had, you know, this kind of might help people. I have this image of myself. So I have, I call it spirit Sarah and I call it Sarah, Sarah. So the Sarah I'm operating a lot under. So the Sarah that carries the fear, the Sarah that carries the worry, the Sarah that carries, you know, what ifs and doomsday kind of Sarah. And the Sarah that's afraid to step into the world bigger and the Sarah that's afraid to write her book and the Sarah that's afraid to do all these things. And then I have soul Sarah who's like so happy and like, yeah, let's go, let's do this. And she's kind of guiding. She's way lighter. And I have this kind of um, these two personas inside of me that I really feel. And I think most people can kind of relate to that. They have a part of themselves that's like willing to go through these things and really, you know, there's a higher self in your head. And I think that's kind of what spirituality is, is kind of, trying to make your way bridging between this higher self and this kind of fearful self that you're kind of stuck in. Yeah. That constant tension. Right. And everybody can feel that. Like you can feel yourself vacillating throughout your day between this self that kind of feels condensed and contracted to this like, but I love this and I'm here to do this and I can't wait. Yeah. Right. And I I mean, I can sense that in in the work that I've seen of yours and Mm -hmm. heard of yours. Mm -hmm. It's like when you tap into soul Sarah, it's something it feels universal. Yeah. It's like it just touches right into the heart. Yeah. Where it's it's almost bigger than right. any you might call ego or yeah. like that. It's not self. me. No, yeah. I right. think I'm tapping into like a universal current. And I think that's for all of us, it's like bigger than us. And it's, you know. So spirituality for me is kind of finding a way to get more into that expanded state instead of the kind of small contracted state that we kind of get caught in. Right. How do you access that place? You know, and how do you build a relationship with that, that soul Sarah place? I know you have to know she's there first of all, but it's, you know, it's a very personal journey and it has a lot to do with grace and finding that grace. And I guess grace would be that feeling of like, even when you're in the worst places, there's something holding you, a part of you that can kind of still walk and still stand. So it's kind of about developing a personal relationship with that grace or wanting to kind of look deeper at yourself. So everything in my life, I turn toward me. Um, and I think the first part of my life was like, you are this and you are that, and you're doing this to me and all these pointed fingers. And then all of a sudden I realized, you know, it's really about me and changing the landscape of myself. 
So I think I'm, I'm running around here, but so I had to develop a relationship with the internal quiet spirit, Sarah. Um, and then you have to develop a discipline, essentially. You have to be pretty disciplined. I don't know if you are. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, meditation, writing, so disciplined and daily. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is like mm -hmm. um, your process for like specific practices that can help people mm -hmm. connect to that soul. Yeah. So you for know? me, it's always been writing. So flow writing. Um, and we were talking about this briefly when we just met. It's you always write uh, by hand, never on a computer. And I learned flow writing from, I forget that book. What's that one? Was it Natalie Goldberg or Julia Cameron? Julia Cameron and Natalie Goldberg. So they both inspired it, flow writing. Um, and if anybody like wants to explore themselves by those books. Yeah. Um, but they taught me the whole flow writing. So it's essentially three pages and you don't lift your pen. And it's very hard for people, like mm -hmm. very hard. But no editing. No editing. Yeah. No even thinking of it. It's not like... For me, it's never been like, I woke up this morning and I walked my dog and I made a coffee. It's always been like, oh, my heart is, <laughs> and what? You know, like I go the to the pain, depths, the right? Agony. Yeah. <laughs> the pain, the agony. Yeah. And then I noticed after years, so I've been doing flow writing practice. So I'm, I'm going to say probably 10 years. Wow. So just to give you a time frame for, you know, what spiritual development looks like. Um, but around, you know, after I had my first kid, I was really struggling. So motherhood was not an easy transition for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if we're all honest, it, it isn't. Um, so I would write every day while I was going through whatever I was going through, whatever deaths I felt I was enduring um, becoming a mother. Mm. And then I, I found this voice come in at around page two of that was a totally different voice. So I would spew my pain and my angst and then this incredible current that was so benevolent and so kind would just like almost just like... Take over yeah, the page? Take over the page. I didn't even have to think about it. I wasn't there anymore. And it was always just like, bing, like... And there's your medicine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, whoa. I just tapped into this, you know... Um, unlimited source. I call it my umbilical cord to the divine now. So I think it's always there, but I found a way to connect with it. To really access. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is amazing. And, you know, I've noticed too, just in terms of the work and how, how many people you've reached and how mm -hmm. much it seems to be expanding, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it appears to be quite effortless. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a weird thing. How are you finding that? I mean, is I'm it literally, I feel like I'm sitting back on a couch with a cup of tea watching it go by. Like, I'm like, wow. And this, right. It's getting reaching farther and it's reaching farther and it's reaching farther. But I feel like I don't take, like, I don't feel like it's me. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't feel attached or like, I'm not like Sarah's doing so well. It's almost like it's just happening and it's beautiful and people are getting healed. And I was healed by this voice, uh, tremendously buoyed and supported by this voice. So essentially this, you know, this spring that I found, um, I just transcribed and that's what became my podcast. Wow. How do you navigate now with the mm -hmm. success that you're having mm -hmm. and not letting it get consumed by the ego part that would might be in the world of, I, how do you navigate that? It comes up sometimes. Yep. And I notice like it happening and I, I just notice it feels really, 
again, the surface, maybe that's what it is. It reminds me of that surface Sarah that was living there. Like, this is so cool. Right. But it's really just like fluff. And I don't, I don't feel, I don't know what happened, but I don't feel um, that egotistical about it. Yeah. And it's not spinning me off the Richter, which is really nice. Did you find there was gifts in the surface, Sarah, that um, Mm kind of helped and shaped how you experience this now, like the awareness even of the difference. That's what I'm saying. That polarity needed to happen. Right. I needed to see the two um, ways that I could exist. You know, I needed to see that. Yeah. I feel like we need to see this mirror potential and then we get to go with the one that feels more authentic to us. And I think if we're all honest, we're always going to choose that deeper place. It almost feels, uh, I think for some people quite scary to go there though, Mm -hmm. because we're so like socialized and conditioned to play a certain role. And I mean, since we were kids, we were told you're beautiful. So just be pretty. Like you were saying, perfect. for me, it was like, just hide behind your guitar, right? Like you're a musician. Oh, everybody loves you. So, so I'm going to follow that. I'm going to follow that to the point of, for me, it was reality TV. Yeah. So reality TV. It was Canadian Idol. Did you experience the same polarity of surface? That was a huge moment for me too. Okay, tell me what happened. It's like almost the identical story. It was, you know, kind of building up to this place of um, my entire being was, I'm a musician Mm. and that's me. Like Mm. there's nothing more to me than, Mm -hmm. and it felt surfacey. It was like, I would just, I would go to parties and I would just play music because it would allow people to like me. It was like, I didn't realize at the time, but I was feeling so unlovable under the surface it was providing zero sustenance. But there was no, exactly. Zero. No sustenance. But you're getting everything. That's as right. As far as the eye can see, you're receiving, you know, oh, Keith's doing so great. Right. But you were like, Yeah, starving. like you're, it, it appears that you're like very successful, yes. you're doing well, but underneath the surface, you're like, your soul is hungry. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's mm-hmm. not feeling complete. So very similar trajectory there. And then going on idle... And realizing, oh my gosh, this is not what it's cracked up to be. Mm, no, I didn't yeah. get sick. Smoke and mirrors, man. It totally is smoke yeah. and mirrors. And it's like, okay, I'm I'm doing so well on this show, and yet there was a part of me that was like, I could walk away. Like I'm not enjoying this right. at all. Right. This is what so I've worked detached. for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, it, it kind of switched. I so mean, then now what? Right. Like, what does yes. it look like if I let go of this and what everybody says is how what success looks like? that's why it's scary because it is so unfamiliar and unknown. So how did you enter yeah. the unknown then? Yeah. Well, you know, ex- exploring a, yourself. How were you not afraid? Like right. You were saying, yeah, it was gradual too. Yeah. It was like this evolution. It takes, it takes a while. It's still and going. It's still, yeah. It's yeah. constant, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a constant thing. Mm-hmm. And, the deeper I get into this, the more I realize that's okay. It's like, there is no, oh, yeah. there is no constant. Do you I'm find this? I'm getting that too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let go of this like idea you're ever going to get to a place. Right. I just love it. Yeah. Just let it go. So peace. We should just sit in meditation yeah. <laughs> now for the next We will transmit while. our next meditation energy. <laughs> it's powerful. <laughs> it's so powerful. I mean, the sense operating like this is really the key to yes. finding that complete alignment. Totally. Yeah. What's, um, I want to hear a little bit about the book that you're working on Mm -hmm. and you just completed it. I read. I just completed, but there's like a few hairs that are getting tightened. I was, I I preemptively announced it on Instagram. Wow. I'm in the last manuscript read over. 
Wow. Yeah. How's that process been? And and what's the book about? Like if you can share. Yeah. I want to hear all about it. I'm going to try. I don't really know yet. I have to get my pitch down. Okay. Well, this might be a great place to start. (laughs) Okay. Let's (laughs) let's try this. Um, It's called Heart Minded, um, How to Hold Yourself and Others in Love. Um, So essentially it is kind of, as you were saying, you know, how do you move into a deeper relationship with yourself without being afraid? So it's kind of a guidebook that will kind of get you through that process. Wow. Um, But essentially the concept is um, when we're born, we kind of start to splinter off from our heart because life isn't perfect and pain and, and, you know, collectively, how do we address with pain as a society? Not very we well. Run. Yeah. <laughs> we run. We I think we could all medicate. say we're we very afraid of pain. Right? Totally. Um, but on the other side of that pain that we've kind of learned is the heart. So I think there's no way to get to the heart without first traveling through the pain. Mm. Um, there's actually no way to do it. So this book is kind of like, let's learn our sensitivities again. We also were taught not to feel. We were also, you know, taught not to be vulnerable. All these, what I consider literal superhuman powers that were gifted to us in our birth, we've been trained out of and to become very desensitized, right? So we have all these people that um, have abandoned these very important parts of who we are, like our feelings and our sensitivities and our empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, So this book is kind of like giving your sensitivities back through various meditation practices and then carrying you through the pain and then helping you, you know, in a few places with relationship and then giving you a heart, a new contract where you're committed to your heart. Oh my gosh. I love that mm-hmm. contract with yeah. your heart. It's the consciousness contract. Wow. That's, is that what you call it? Yeah. The consciousness contract. <laughs> do you have a consciousness contract? Yes, I do. Wow. I mean, I, yeah, did you actually write one? No, I mean, I just, I feel like I am, de- you know, devoted and dedicated to my heart now. Right. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How powerful is that going to be? I don't know. That's amazing. We'll see. <laughs> I've noticed too, like uh, just on your site, you've got these beautiful videos that you've created mm. and they're like sort of these connected to nature with beautiful music going on. How did that all come yeah, about? So, so all of this came from the really hard place of just being married, having my first kid and moving to the country. So I was living in Vancouver and I was pursuing an acting career again, trying to feed that like yep. surface self. But I realized what I really loved in acting was that I could help people feel. I was like, I can be a character and I can connect someone to their feeling heart. And mm-hmm. that's what I loved acting for. Mm-hmm. But I still wanted something deeper. So there's nothing like moving into isolation (laughs) (laughs) to really um, force you to unearth some stuff. So that's when, you know, the whole movie thing started developing. So all these things I did to kind of help me survive um, these massive transitions turned out to be like really beautiful pieces of art and always connected to nature and always connected to the power of words and poetry and music. Those are so important. Music has healed me like... Couldn't music like save your life? Obviously, it's so powerful. It save your life. It, yeah, yeah. When especially those moments where it just like it cuts through all of the noise. Nothing where you're listening to soul. every podcast, every self help book, and then sometimes a song will just be like, yeah, evaporates all of that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow, <laughs> you're blowing my mind about this part of going out into complete solitude mm. and isolation. 
that's the scariest part. <laughs> I mean, just the, the thought of it sounds like dreamy on the surface to me. Cause I'm like, yes. Oh, that sounds amazing. Just isolate yourself yeah. and get creative. Yeah. But I bet that was like, hell. Yeah. It's was like, it? it was like a, almost like a suicide. So it was almost like a, a, a par, an ego death. Wow. So what made you decide to do it? It was spirit. Really? And when I was pregnant, I had become, and I think this is another way it worked, spirit worked, spirit Sarah. I got pregnant and I couldn't handle the city. I couldn't handle the smells. I couldn't handle the sounds. And I was like, I had like a mental break almost. Like I couldn't function anymore. Oh, wow. And there was always a part of me that was like, you need to go to the bush. Like even when I was a little girl, I would go around the house and I would get a blue towel that would represent water. And then I would collect all the plants from the house and put them around the water. And I would just sit there. So I've always had this part of me that was like, nature, 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 nature. It's like constantly calling you. Yes. So then the kid and the pregnancy put everything into hyper focus and hyper, you know, mama mode. And then we just one month sold our condo in Vancouver and moved. Wow. And that's what it, it's very deceptive because to an outsider, it looked like this kind of, I moved into wine country, had a vineyard in my backyard. It looked so beautiful, but I was enduring like a dismantling of who I thought I was. You know, we don't know who we really are without people saying, this is Keith. This is yeah. who you are. Your mom thinks you're this. Your, your, your friends are reflecting something. Your yoga studios are reflecting something. And all that gets yanked out and you go, I actually don't know who I am alone. I don't know who I am in the quiet. I don't know who I am without people reflecting to me who I am. So um, that was so hard. What have you discovered? That I, we're totally empty and it's... <laughs> you're just, you're empty. And we have all these stories and these identities that are built up over uh. time and a lifetime. But it's really just, there's this really peaceful soul, Keith and soul Sarah, that lives in there. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm still discovering because I still go through layers of it. Like the first bit of isolation was really hard. And then it, it went into act, like actual bliss and... I had never felt a bliss like that. Like I could go to grocery stores and like cry while picking like a can of beans off the shelf. Like it was just like, mm. it became, everything just became beautiful. Mm -hmm. But now I'm going through another stage of like, well, now I've been in isolation for, you know, four years, five years now. And it's like, okay, do I have to go out into the world now? So there's phases for everything. I don't know. Everything's so necessary. What's that phase? So there's a, there's sort of a pull. There's of a calling now. Going out into yeah. the world now. Com like community. Okay, babe, you gotta, now you gotta cultivate this and share it, I guess. Wow. What a balancing act yeah. to kind of maintain the connection to yes, the solitude. That's my new thing. So, cause I notice as soon as I go back into the world, I'm kind of swung into another reality and self. And then I, I yeah, to find the balance between the two. Right. It sounds like a challenge. very conscious practice, <laughs> yeah. like a practice in consciousness. Yes. Very like who's showing aware. up. Yes. Wow. It, you know, it's, as you're saying that, it reminds me of like these monks that would live in the caves mm. for their lives and not really move out of there. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, in some ways, I mean, maybe there's a usefulness to that, but you're, it sounds like spirit saying, no, you need to take what you're being given here and share it. Well, and I've gotten like, um, so Ram Dass says that too. He says like, if you're afraid, like, don't be a monk. If you're afraid of going back into the world, like if monkhood has made you afraid of going back into the world, then go back into the world. Oh, wow. To do that practice now. So you've developed another fear of 
you know, so now practice going back into with your awareness into the world. Wow. So that's going to be, that's definitely my next practice. I'm getting spirits just joking. We should create a reality show (laughs) called Back into the World Spiritual Evolution Reality. (laughs) We'll travel around. All these people. All these gurus will travel around with them and film their lives. I just, I really want to get a place of equilibrium though. Like I just want to feel equal everywhere I am. Right. I don't want to do this swinging anymore. Right. Well, this kind of leads me into maybe a more etherical question Mm. for you. But like when I think about it, um, will we ever reach that state in this consciousness or is this something that's later down the road or what do you think? That's such a good question. And should we bother? And should we even bother no. knowing? You know, and a part of me, so I have a lot of, I'm going to use the word fear. I've always had like fear. I'm like, you know, people might call it stress, but yeah. I call stress fear. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's you're afraid. Yeah. But I've always had kind of a big fear body. And I've always had this wish and desire that one day, like this fear body is going to like exorcism out of me. And I'm going to be like, it's gone. I don't have any more fear. And I realized that having that dream and that hope is ridiculous. Like I have to get to the point where I just love my fear and I love all of me. So back to what you're saying is we have to get to the point where we are okay with all of these changing tides of us, not wish it away ever. So will we ever get to that place of total calm and equanimity, like to the point where we're like back in the stars again? I don't think so. And do we want that? Right. I think it's just being in acceptance of, of it, of it all. Do you have any insight or thoughts on like why we have this duality of love and fear? Like why, why is there this constant dance between Mm -hmm. these two places? Does anything come to you? The channeled soul Sarah about that. Mm. I've looked at this one so many times. Yeah. Because I have that fear body. I think the duality is, I want to say we're gifted the duality because there's absolutely no way to discover and uncover the truth or the soul, Sarah, the soul key, either the universal heart or God or whatever without the opposite. Like uh. you, you literally can't. Like how are you, so, you have to push against something to discover truth because then one feels one way and truth feels the other way. Do you know what I mean? Like right. how are you supposed to, I don't know. I feel like the human form has a reason and to have all these feelings and all these experiences is... Yeah, to try and excavate the truth, essentially. Yeah. So you have to dance between the two. To know, like, the contrast. To know the contrast. Polarities are so necessary. Wow. And then once you feel the truth, like that unwavering, compassionate heart, um, then you can probably move more into it. Like, maybe live as it, like some major gurus do have. That connection... Some people have done it in human form. Yeah, to a degree, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as we know. As far as we know, as far as, as, far as, as I'm observing. Wow, yes. so intriguing. But yeah, I don't know. Who has um, been the greatest influence or influences to you mm. in terms of your development in this way? Besides the batch, being on The Bachelor, <laughs> which was really I, a I dedicate gift. this book to The Bachelor. <laughs> 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 That's funny. 
<laughs> I mean, you could. You could dedicate it to them. Um, I have so many influences. Um, it's so hard to think of what they are. Like, nature has been my hugest teacher. Um, hmm. Hugest, hugest, hugest teacher. But so many writers. I've never had, like, a teacher in person that's been, like, someone I look up to in that way but I've like had so many books so Natalie Goldberg was major for me and mm -hmm. um, Clarissa Pinkola's Estes who writes Women Who Run With The Wolves like that's like my bible mm. um, but yeah I love that your first answer is nature mm -hmm. and I can totally see it in your work and your connection to it but what else is there yeah can you speak a little bit about what you've, what you, what's influenced and inspired you by nature and what that means to you? Like, why that? I think nature is our only example of like a functioning system. Wow. Yes. Like, I think it's our only example in, on this earth of something that's functioning and cohabitating in harmony and right way. So it's our only thing that's like, this is how it works. So when I go into it, it's it's like a very medicinal, soothing quality, but it didn't always feel like that for me. Like when I was on the surface, nature to me was void and dull and boring. Mm -hmm. So I'd go camping, I'd go into the bush and I'd be like, Bang. Like, man, I don't want to be here no, camping. Get me to the mall. <laughs> and I believe your family, they're quite <laughs> camping. camping. Oh, they yeah. love camping. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I rallied against that. Get me for to a the while. mall. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like, totally. get me to the bar. So right. I'm cute. Yeah. Someone tells me I'm cute. Um, that's very honest, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me a long time to reintegrate back into nature. And I feel like nature is so um, patient, but she, I'm going to call her she, she requires you to be fully present to really feed you. So if you don't know presence or you haven't strengthened your muscle of presence and meditation, she's going to, it's not going to feel the same way. Mm -hmm. So I think the more connected you are to yourself and your ground and your ground itself, the more she's going to give to you oh wow like the more alive that becomes the more in, in yeah, yeah you could just go oh no and she and then she's a portal to this universal actual goodness and it's she's so healthy and wonderful oh i love it I, as you just talk about it i can i can i can feel it <laughs> like that like, oh. it's like i'm getting the sense of just like dropping everything everything to to become connected to it yeah like I'll, I'll be like driving in my car and I'll, I'll like take a mummy day I have mummy days sometimes where I get no kids oh nice and I'll drive and I'll be like I'm gonna go and get all this stuff done and pick up some paint and <laughs> all go the to logistics. Home Depot and yeah or like whatever and then I'm driving and I'm like and I'll literally be like <laughs> I'll look out the window and I'm drooling like okay and then I'll just pull over and go down a country road because I literally know that's the only thing that's gonna like feed me in the way that I want to be fed like right it's like trusting that intuition yes. completely, it sounds yes. like. And just following it. Go, go, go. Giving I don't know yourself. where I'm going to go. Well, just go. Just like, go, go, go. And permission. Mm-hmm. Give yourself permission. That's really interesting. And as a mother, this mm -hmm. is a, I sense a common thing where we are so in the doing mode mm -hmm. and task mode and, and everybody else before us mode. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. How have you given yourself that permission? I don't know. I mean, I've always amazing. had an extremely selfish part of myself oh, yeah. that has been like, well, it, for me, it is almost life or death. Sure. Like if I don't get to my practice of writing or meditation or outside time, uh -huh. I, I would go off the rails probably. Wow. So for me, it's like, I know I need this to survive mm -hmm. in the world and to be the best wife and to be the best mother. And if I don't get this, I'm going to be 
none of those things. Oh, wow. What a great perspective. Yeah. But we're all like that. Yeah. I am no different than anyone, but most of us are starving ourselves and not willing to say, I need this and not willing to say it out loud to the universe to create for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm too afraid to say that. I can't do that. I remember Oprah was interviewing someone in 1980, not very long ago, but she said, um, you have to take care of yourself first before you take care of your children. You have to take care of you. And everybody was like, boo, like <laughs> booing in the audience. Wow. Like as in self-care was... Not even a thing. That was barely like 30 years ago. That's like the 80s. It's not long ago. That's like when I was born. As in, it's like so foreign to us. Yeah. That we are the vehicle that needs to be taken care of. Wow. It's And as you talk about, like earlier you were talking about contrast. It's interesting that we have kind of socially conditioned ourselves to be like, boo, to taking care of yourself. (laughs) So that we can remember. I'm getting like... Totally. So you can remember that like selfishness in this way is really not that selfish. It's actually selfless because it's, it's actually, it's amazing. Goal. Like that is what spirituality is. It's turning it all inward and healing your foundation, healing your pains. And then watching as the world literally mirrors that healing. It's, it's, <sighs> it's, I'm sure you can tell like over your spiritual evolution that the deeper you get in yourself and the deeper you're loving yourself, like and the more authentically you're loving yourself, you can go into the world and connect with kids and light and the world and everybody, like I've had people, you know, light up just walking by you. And I'm like, that is because whatever, I, whatever. So our, our bodies and our beings, our gardens and whatever tending I have done to myself is now just pulling it out of everyone else. It's like, it, mm-hmm. it's very magnetic. And it, if someone is really taking care of themselves and really lit and in love with themselves as much as they can be, mm-hmm. um, there's no other choice but to pull that forward everywhere you go. Wow. I think that's just how people, that's how you heal the <laughs> world. Beautiful. So if everybody was doing that. Wow. Yeah. Imagine a world like that. What like what would you say is uh, like a self love practice that you found most resonant for you? Literally, I love you. I am listening. I love you. I am listening. Just stopping whenever it's getting noisy. I love you. I'm listening. Just to say I'm listening <sighs> to yourself, to whatever, to God. Yeah, is like okay. You're here now. You know, I I just saying I love you to yourself over and over. And sometimes I've said it like, you know, you say it the first five times, you're like, oh yeah, this is whatever. Yeah, I love you. You say it 20 times, you say it 30 times as a mantra in meditation. And then all of a sudden it's like this life force builds and builds and builds. I love that saying, like um, it's a Buddhism phrase, um, settle yourself on yourself and let the the flower of your life force bloom. Wow. So it's kind of like, Settle, settle, settle. And then I love you, I love you. Say it so many times you think you're ridiculous. And then all of a sudden something really does wake up. Something does click. Something Um, does. Yeah. Well, that's really powerful. And as you're saying it too, I think about the times when I sit to meditate or to connect and I just can't somehow make the contact Mm -hmm. as much as I know it's there. It's like, does that happen to you? Oh yeah. And that's fine. So what happens in those moments for you? I don't you? know. So I had this 
this last year for me was a really um, hard year because I was being asked to kind of grow into a bigger self. <laughs> so I got my book deal and I got a big talk on stage and these were kind of like my life goals and they all happened in the same like six months. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was a bit like, whoa, <laughs> slow down. Right. Um, so I was very overwhelmed. <laughs> so Sarah, who operates under fear and panic, was like, she was there, right? So sure. Sarah was like, yay, this is our dream come true. And I was like, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. Right. So I wanted to stay in my fear. I was so scared. Yeah. And I was like, I want to stay on my hilltop. I don't want to go out in the world. And I just want to stay here. And I don't want any of my work in the world. I don't know. That's not, like I was going crazy. That's totally fear Sarah. I can hear Right. Yeah. So she was there, right? But uh -huh. I showed up. But I realized all of a sudden I showed up. Soul Sarah was still showing up every day for her practice to write and to find her heart and to do all that. So I was operating no matter what. I was operating no matter what, no matter the fear, no matter the fury, no matter the terror, to feed what was true. Wow. No matter what. No matter what. Even if hell is going loose, if you are showing up every day, no matter what, to vote for the voice of the heart, the voice of truth, you're going to get through it. Wow. But so it's that discipline. Total, one word, discipline. Yeah. And fierce discipline. Yeah. It can be hard though when you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not getting anything. I know, but I showed up anyway. But you show up anyway. Who cares? Yes. And it will come back. Right. But you show up anyway. You don't get rid of those practices just because you're not connecting. Yeah. You keep voting. Okay, I'm voting. I'm voting. I'm voting for the light. I love that. I'm voting for the light. I'm voting. Yeah. I'm in hell. I don't feel shit. I don't feel <laughs> my heart. I don't feel anything. Everything's dead. I'm numb. Show up, say that. Show up. Show up and say that. Yeah. Admit it so that it can move through. I think when, you know, adversity strikes or we're not feeling connected, we become a victim to that numbness. When really the truth of numbness is we feel hopeless or we're feeling hopeless and disheartened. So say, you know, show up to say it and then find out what the truth is. I want to feel hope. I want to feel love again. And then start saying that. Right. I love this idea too of repetition. Like yeah. I'm sensing that in you, just yeah. the constant repetition <laughs> yeah, yeah. of a mantra. Or it's a, a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a rhythm to it. Yeah. It's so artistic. Like it's so, oh. But isn't that how, it. you know? Yeah. That's how things work. Absolutely. It's like so unconscious. And it's a circle. Yes. Boom. Yeah. Constant. That's constant repetition. For sure. Yeah, that's the type of discipline you need. I have one more thing that's popping in here. Um, you mentioned it a few times here on the show. It's like uh, God, and it's such mm -hmm. a huge buzzword. Mm -hmm. Some people just go, oh, God, oh, she's she's Christian. Oh, yeah. she's going to... Yeah. And other people are like, ooh, like, don't go there. And I just want to get a sense from you of what that word means. Yeah, okay. So God, for me, I couldn't say forever. Yeah, very common for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was like, if anybody said it, my skin would go. Wow. And now I'm like, God, 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 God. <laughs> Repetition. Yeah. Well, and I just say yeah. it without um, fear or aversion anymore. And I think what changed for me was I developed a real relationship with what I call God. So, it, and it wasn't religion, and it wasn't the Bible, and it wasn't what I learned. It was just an intimate relationship that I have with. Um, the infinite or source or nature even. My, my little three-year-old boy, I said, who's God? What's God? And he said, God's nature. Wow. I didn't tell him that. That was his, you know, like, I don't know. So I can say God now because to me, I have a relationship with, yeah, what I considered 
God, which is just nature creation. This isness right now, yeah. you and me talking, that's God. And I think God is literally just love calling itself to love. Yeah. Do you believe it? It's like oneness, like not separate. Yeah. And that's all we're looking for. If you really look at your life, all you're looking for in everything you do is to feel that unity, to feel that love, and then to share that love, wow. to stand as that love. That's why you create music. That's why you write books. It's like, I want to feel that love. I want to give that love. I want to create that love. I want to create that connection. Mm-hmm. I think that's what God is. It's that motivating force that's within all of us that's like, connect love with love, create love with love. It's just love calling itself to itself. Wow. And we get lost in all that other stuff. Yeah. You know, and we can be, you know, fall into fear, Sarah, or fear, Keith, and blah, 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 blah. But come back. It will always <laughs> come, but it will always come back for you, too. And that's what I really want to encourage people is if you just let go of like the grasping and the needing to get to a place and the blah, 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 and you just open up and you just get really quiet, it's going to do it for you. And people are like, what's my heart? What does my heart feel like? And it's like, you know that. Mm hmm. And usually all we have to do, but we doubt ourselves so much, all we have to do is focus on the heart space. And there's an intelligence operating for us. Mm-hmm. We just have to let, like, we have to get a little less control. <laughs> yeah, no like, kidding. Let it go, yeah. It's working for us. Right, and the courage to act on what we know, like exactly. in the heart center too, yes. to take action. Take action, because if you don't, you know, people who have like a really weak muscle following their intuition, like, I can't follow my intuition. I don't hear anything. It's like, yeah, well, how many times have you actually followed through with advice from some deep well? Or, you know, it's really a muscle that you have to strengthen. Yeah. And if you've had little, you know, kind of intimacy with it and you haven't voted for it once, it's going to be a really weak relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You got to cultivate that yeah. stuff. And I'll get weird requests like paint. And I'm like, hate painting. And then I'm like, okay, just paint Sarah. Like I just, cause it will open something up. So just an- like, listen, no matter what, even if it's random and horrible. Right. Yeah. And even if you don't know. Do you find sometimes like the resistance oh, yeah. to it is like the oh. sign you should go for it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, resistance is he- like, so such an indicator. I'm like, okay, so this is where I'm refusing to yeah. step into. Yeah. Totally. Oh, so much here, Sarah. <laughs> I, I love it. You're such a channel. You're just channeling <laughs> this so divineness weird. through. It's oh, beautiful. It's yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. There's a a greeting I recently learned from um, this coach uh, Robert Holden, mm. who I love his work, and it's an old African greeting. And basically, you sit across from somebody, or you mm. look at somebody, mm. and it, you make eye contact. Mm-hmm. And one person says, I want to be seen. Mm. And the other person looks, I see you. I see you. And it's like, you exchange that. And it, what you're talking about really reminds me of this. Aww. It's like deepening that. from that surface place of, how are you doing good? It's like deepening into, I want to be seen and mm. I see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm got the bullshit, man. Totally. It's just like. We're, we're starving under there. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I just like, I'm so appreciating your journey. <laughs> Of Same who you, you are and how you've showed yeah. up here from, you know, being not even aware of it at the time, but mm-hmm. like, you know, living kind of surface, like you say, and then this ability to just deepen and deepen and deepen. And mm-hmm. that's just continuing to happen. Right. 
it's against so my will. Awesome. Seemingly. Against your will at times, I'm sure. Yeah, all of our it's will. Like, no. I don't want to. Don't make me learn something hard. Yeah. Because everything's hard. First at first. Yeah. To to the worldly part <laughs> or to the, the worldly Sarah. That's the worldly scared Sarah. The scared Sarah, yeah. 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 Well, I just have to really admire you for being here. And it's oh, a gift thanks. to spend this time. And I know people listening are inspired. I can just feel it. <laughs> I hope you are anyways, if you're listening. <laughs> and if and, not, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to remind people where they can stay in touch with you and follow your amazing journey. Yes. It's uh, sarahblondin.com. Or you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. Awesome. And yeah. we're so looking forward to the book. Thanks, Keith. I'm excited yeah, for some tools and tips and ways to like build that contract with my heart. Mm-hmm. It's so great. You already have a strong one though, so. Yeah, but it can always use refining. That's true. It's good. Thank you for being here. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. <laughs> All right, that concludes another episode of Let's Connect. I hope that conversation with Sarah inspired you as much as it did for me. I absolutely love her energy and her insights and her playfulness at the same time, navigating between that place of fear and love, essentially. Be sure to pick up a copy of her brand new book when it launches later on this year, Heart Minded, and make that sacred contract with your heart and your soul. Until next time, everybody, be well, stay connected, and we'll see you on the next episode of Let's Connect.